at the time that they had set up, uh, I believe that's going to be after his honeymoon's over with because part of this trip was uh, planning to come back and get married. So keep him in your prayers as well as the brethren in all these places, particularly thinking about Japan. Now, I'm... Uh, What's the word? <laughs> Scared would be a good way of describing it. You've been seeing political rallies, people standing, as I mentioned last week, behind podiums declaring to you how to keep your lives in control. And I don't even like this thing anymore because I just, I see these other people that are representing supposedly what they want to be as President of the United States. And I'm not sure what all I trust in that. So, here we are, and you're looking at this podium, and I think, do they really trust me? Um, but I've got a message from God, and I don't say that very flippantly at all because it's coming from God's Word. This morning, I wanted to continue our discussion about giving, about your money. It's a very personal thing, I know, as well as your life, and we talk about all of those things because it relates to who we are and our relationship to God. But last week we talked a bit about this idea, and I reminded you at that time of the tremendous number of times that the word giving or money are mentioned in the New Testament. That 20 out of 33 of the parables that our Lord spoke either dealt with giving or with money in some way. And God is concerned about the impact that it makes in your life, both young and old. If you have a little or you have none or you have a whole lot, it still can make an impact. And so he's concerned of your spiritual life and this idea of money and what it's going to do. Because as we know what Paul wrote, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He didn't say money, but the love of it is wherever you're at in life. It can be a detriment. It can destroy. It can distract. It can do all kinds of things disastrous in your life and dominate you. Well, if it's so bad, then why did God give it to us, you could say? Because, as we're going to talk about today, there's some blessings in having it and using it properly. There are some joys I want you to discover in this idea of giving. And I'm going to give it to you rather shortly or briefly this morning, at least two points, because after the lesson, which will be brief, we're going to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about our budget for those that uh, members that stay after the services, and that'll be uh, after the lesson here. But number one, God is interested in you being happier in this life. Do you believe that? Well, yes, I know that. Well, let's read a passage from Acts chapter 20. Paul now is speaking the words that, that Luke pens to us in the book of Acts of the Apostles. In Acts chapter 20, Paul writes in uh, verse 35, or actually Paul doesn't, Luke does. He says his words, quoting Paul, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must remember to support the weak and Remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. You can be happier in giving 
than receiving. Do you believe that? Yeah, okay, amen. All right, now, here's, here's where the part is, because the, the Scripture itself says that, and you know I'm supposed to believe Scripture, so therefore I believe it, but it's the application of that that's a struggle for us a lot of times as Christians. Not every one of you, and I know in fact some of you have a hard time stopping giving, and I'm proud of you because you're a great challenge to me personally. And so this lesson is for me just as much as it is anybody else that might feel like I'm stepping on your toes because I'm stepping all over mine. Because I've got to remember, put it in, in practical terms. It'd be like you go into your boss one day and he says to you, um, Jordan, I'm going to give you $1,000 more a month because you're working hard in your architecture and you're a model among the people and so we're just going to do this. And Jordan says, no, I, I, I appreciate it, but I think we could better use that money given to this person over here. He doesn't work as hard, but he's, he's got some struggles financially. and I wish you would give it to him. And he knows, Jordan says, I'm going to be more blessed out of not getting the money than getting it. Do we usually act that way? I mean, if your boss came down, uh, Sophie, and offered you $1,000 more scholarship every week, would you not take that joyfully and maybe share a little bit with your friends? But you'd probably enjoy getting that $1,000 extra. Because our human tendency is getting more means more happiness. And Jesus actually says giving more, that's counterintuitive, but giving more is more happiness. I wrestle with a way of illustrating that. We don't have time, so we just have to accept that and understanding that. But we've got to trust the application of it. And the fact is that it does work. I am reminded, as I was going over this lesson last night, of the words of Solomon, the richest man in the world, who ever lived, inspired by God also, as he writes in the book of Ecclesiastes that everything is really vanity or worthless or meaninglessness. And he talked about the quantity of things that he had attained. And he had it so wealthy. It was incredible. He had all of our billionaires either running for president or owning businesses put to shame in comparison to what he had. But let me tell you the words of a poor man. I want you to raise your hand in here and everybody else look around here. Do you remember, for those that are here for a little while, the fellow named Rick who used to be among our congregation? Okay, see, he's a real person for those that are visiting. He existed here. Rick was the type of person of unique characteristic that was incredible. Rick lived on government support disability. He'd worked in California for some years in a maintenance prop, gave away all his tools, and he came here, of all things, to Chattanooga. He was a member of the church, and he lived two blocks from the building, and Rick did not work. And he loved to come visit here at Central. Early in the morning, at 7 o'clock in the morning, I would see him out here sitting on the curb if I happened to come that early. Mind you, I don't always come that early. But if I came that early <clears throat> to try to get some things done, Rick would be sitting there drinking a coffee and sometimes smoking a cigarette, sitting on the curb. And i think, oh, there goes my morning. <laughs> and he would start talking. And he'd philosophize. And he'd tell me this or that. 
Rick had no money. Most of the money he had, he spent on coffee, for those that knew him, or the coffee pot that we'd fix here. And he'd be sitting on the curb. Now, I'm going to tell you how he looked, because he looked rather scruffy. He'd be sitting on the curb, and people walk by, and they'd see him. They'd offer him money. That's how he looked. And when he would come in here and sit down toward the front, you think, if you're a visitor, you go, who is that? And then he'd get up and lead the closing prayer, and you go, wow. That was Rick. Rick oftentimes talked to me about things, preaching to me, telling me that it was no help to have things. Rick oftentimes refused having a TV. People, why don't you have a TV? You're by your, no, I don't care. I don't need that stuff. It's just a bunch of garbage. Rick would take the homeless into his Section D house and keep him overnight. The guy would get up early in the morning and steal his stereo and leave. And Rick said, that's life. He didn't care. That was Rick. A poor man who gave away most of what he had to people and had hardly anything himself. And he'd go around saying, Dave, I'm blessed. I just really blessed. What an incredible person to illustrate it is more blessed. The Lord said it. He lived it. And I watched it. And it was such a challenge for me. And you probably know a few people like that, that live off of not much and are enjoying life altogether, and you could wish you could have a taste of that. Well, you can. You see, in the idea of giving, it is more blessed. You'll be happier if you'll give. I know the world is telling you the opposite. It's counterintuitive to human principle, but it works. It definitely works. That's lesson point number one, the lesson here. And I want you to see that. And then point number two is you having something and giving for something else, you get the unique opportunity to share in what they're doing. My contribution, is it actually getting warm in here? I think it is. I was wondering about that this morning when people during the Bible class are sitting on the back row doing this, and I said, the heat's on? I think it's on. You know, but anyway, but I was going to say, my, my contribution helps get this building warm. So it worked. My contribution helps print letters that go out to people. Helps buy literature for kids and for adults. Helps young people to do the things at the student center. Helps maintain missionaries in the different places they go. And we got several in India, now in Japan, and also in Nicaragua. Keeps these people going, and it reminds people of what's going on. You see, I want you to look at a passage here about what's happening here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is exactly what Paul is talking about. When he's relating this to the church at Corinth. Verse 1, I'm going to read while you're catching up with things here. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. In that in a great trial of affliction. That doesn't sound like where you want to be, is it? The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Notice it doesn't say they're rich. It's liberal in giving things, rich in doing that. For I bear witness, he said, I've seen this, that according to their ability, yes, and even beyond their ability, they were freely willing. 
imploring us, begging us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Did you catch that? Underline that part if you mark in your Bible. The fellowship of the ministering of the saints. He's talking about that sharing. That's what fellowship is. Of the ministering of the saints. So if money's going out to help the poor, it's going out to send a missionary, or if it's printing this, or warming a building, or repairing or painting or doing, I get to have a part in that. I can't always paint the buildings and repair this and, and be on mission fields. I'd love to go to DR with you all sometime. Craig would just let me go. Meanie. They fill it up with students. He says, if there's ever a space, you get to go. So don't get sick, but if you do. But I love to share. So when I know they're going, I help, don't I? Because I get to have a part. And those that are helping do these things, you get to share in something. You can't be everywhere. But when they're successful, I'm successful. I get to have a part. And so I stand up proud as being part of this family. And when you stand up for a prayer, I stand with you. Because we have part together. Now, those are two of the richest blessings you can ever get from having money. We think Having money means the more I get, the happier I'll be. But it's the more I give, the happier I'll be. And out of that, I get to share. I get to belong to who they are. And this attaining or, you know, just the living on and having all these things is not going to bless us in any way. During World War II, actually December 7th, 1941, when Pearl Harbor was bombed. Probably the armed forces, places where they signed people up, were crowded over the next several weeks of people volunteering to go. I want to have a part. But it wasn't just these men and women that were signing up and going places, but it was all the other people that were involved that wanted to share in what was going on. So they had blood drives, and they had tire drives, and as they were going out and finding old tires to, to get the rubber to do this, they were doing everything. It was incredible, the number of people. They said, you cannot believe what it was like to live during that day. People were constantly in tune of, what can I do to have a part? They shared in the common goal of winning over the enemy. We have an enemy. Satan has been around on this earth as long as mankind has been there, and he's been destroying and distracting and doing everything he can to stop us getting to God. And God wants you so bad that he sent his son. Now I get to share what I have and give it away. And if I get more, I'm going to give away more. I want to be able to do that, not just because I want to be blessed, but I like to share and see what's happening. And then I can come back and say, I had a part in that. That's me out there doing some of those things. Sign me up for that. And then pray hard and work hard and be involved in all these different things. Both young and old. Pray about those things. There are blessings in giving. There are blessings in having money. Whether you have a lot or have a little, 
It's the ability to give and to get the joy out of it and to share in all those great things. Now, there's a lot of other things that are mentioned within the scriptures, but we're going to talk about those maybe another day or another time. But I want you to settle in your mind these two things, that you can be more blessed than what you're being if you'll give more. Not because I say so, but because Jesus said so, and he knows. And because you have to have a part in the greatest mission in the world, God's mission, our Lord's mission, and I want to part in that, in a place in heaven. What's your life like? Is it one of giving and sacrificing? Or is it one that's holding back? Go home and have a talk with the Lord about where you are in your relationship to him. You loving the Lord or you loving money? We sang at the beginning of this lesson here. Love one another. The greatest commands and love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Both of those, Matthew 22 has to do with us and our hearts. Is your heart right with God? Have you ever been baptized into Christ? We'll pause here and reflect on that. And if your life is not right with God, we invite you to come down front and get it right while we stand and sing this song. Please come. With a humble heart